With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome in to another episode of Future Brew, Michigan football recruiting podcast right here on amazingbrew.com. My name is Vaughn Lozon, and we have another special guest on the program today. Joining me all the way down from the great state of Georgia is wide receiver Jaden Thomas. He is a four-star recruit on 24-7 Sports. Listed at six foot one and 198 pounds, Jaden. Welcome to the program, and thanks for stopping by today, man. Really appreciate it. Yes, sir, no problem. So what, I asked this to uh, another Michigan recruit last week, and I'll, I'll ask the same question to you to start off here. What's a typical day been like for you during this whole pandemic, and have you been able to stay busy, getting in shape, staying in shape? What, what have, exactly have you been doing over the last few months? Uh, pretty much just kind of just like staying in shape, like wake up, eat a good breakfast, then work out, and then depending on how I'm feeling, work out again. And then also we started having, like, uh, football workouts here in Georgia, so, like, small groups of our teammates were starting to work out. Now, what, what kind of workouts are you guys really doing? Are you doing more cardio stuff? Because I, I don't know if you have access to any weights or anything like that. What kind of stuff do you do day-to-day? Uh, I have weights in my garage, so I'm doing, I'm doing sort of that kind of stuff. And then, like, at the field – like my team is kind of more cardio based so yeah got it so with with you not being able to take visits this summer i'm sure that that's probably been a bummer but i'm sure that you've had the chance to do a lot of zoom calls stay in touch with these coaches over zoom or facetime or whatever you've been doing how have those been going for you and how often do you do do those uh per week uh pretty kind of often with no matter like what um college. I was just on Zoom with uh, Coach Harbaugh and Coach Gaddis. Uh, they're, they're actually on FaceTime too with my parents. Uh, I think it was yesterday. And then just that's pretty much it. Just calling coaches, checking in, FaceTime, and Zooming. That's pretty much yeah. Is there any uh, a program or any coaches that you've been talking to more often than any other coaches during this downtime? Uh, I mean, kind of like it's picked up more with like Michigan, um, Notre Dame, Georgia. Those kind of schools have been hitting me up the most, like during this quarantine. So I, I, I can say those schools. How, how different is it to to just see these guys over over a phone screen? Because I'm sure that you, along with all of these other recruits in your 2021 class, were hoping to take some official visits in June or July or whenever you were uh, planning on doing it. Now, obviously, things have been pushed back a little bit. So. It, take me through the process of just setting up these Zoom calls and then talking with these guys. How long are you guys usually talking uh, with these coaches, and and how exactly are all of these things going? Do you, is there any real difference? Uh, I mean, I, that's kind of like a difference, but I mean, I kind of, I kind of feel the same. Just the coaches are still like just telling you like what they what they expect, what they want, how much they want you and stuff. So it's kind of weird though that. And it kind of sucks at the same time that we can't, like, go and actually visit the colleges. But, I mean, it's what we can do, like, at this point with all the corona and stuff. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's good. 
Now, along with you being a standout on the gridiron, you also have an affinity for playing baseball. And I know that you're being recruited uh, by a lot of different schools to play baseball as well as football. Michigan, of course, being one of those schools. How how exactly is it? Now, I don't know if this is uh, kind of similar or different, but as far as being recruited as a football player, uh, being compared to being recruited as a baseball player, is there any real difference in the recruitment process for that? Because I know like a school, for example, like Michigan, I know that they've been talking to you a little bit about football and baseball. Uh, so how is the process different? Or maybe it's similar. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of similar. Just hitting up like the coaches them hit me up. Um, it's also kind of cool at the same time because just two sports that I've been playing since I was four. It's kind of cool to get the chance to play those sports still when I go to college at the next level. And, I mean, it's kind of the same, kind of different, but it's all like just cool. Now, have you been speaking with uh, Michigan's baseball coaches at all, or have you just mainly been talking with Coach Harbaugh, Coach Gaddis, and, and have they talked to you um, about the baseball yeah, process I, at all? I got in contact with, um, I forgot his name, but uh, I think he's an he's a assistant coach in baseball at Michigan. Uh, we kind of just chopped it up, and that's probably the, that's the person I've been in contact with Michigan baseball-wise. Now, which other schools are recruiting you to play both sports? Um, I could play uh, uh, baseball in the Arkansas, Georgia Tech had said I could. Um, that's probably about it. I think I've actually had deep conversations with coaches. So that's probably it. Now, is is this uh, a, a deal breaker for you in your recruitment? Do you think that you would probably lean toward wanting to play both? sports in college or if it's a right situation where you can only play baseball or you can only play football would you choose to do that route too um it's kind of a factor because like i'm good at like both sports and i also want to like just be having the opportunity to keep on playing both but um whatever is the right fit i'll choose at the end of the day but baseball kind of does have a factor in it Nice. So, what what uh, what position do you play in baseball? What's your what's your favorite position? Um, I play I play center, uh, middle infield, third base, and also pitch. So you can do a, you can do a little bit of everything. So you're a little speedy in the outfield. You you got a fast yep. fastball. Yeah, I do. How how fast do you think your fastball is? Um, now I can probably at least hit ninety because I was hitting like 80, 87, 86 sophomore year. Nice. That's awesome. So for football, uh, you you were named captain as a junior, correct? Yes, sir. Well, what kind of what kind of reaction did you get uh, when you were awarded the captain spot as a junior wide receiver? I'm sure that uh, maybe that was something that you were expecting. I know that you you know you obviously are a hard working athlete. If you're wanting to play both baseball and football, what kind of stuff does that mean to you? Just uh, uh, coming up and uh, just trying to be. Uh, you know, just the best athlete possible with you know both baseball and football. Um, it's kind of great that I was able to like be a leader in my community, but you know it was kind of like expected. Like I'm, I'm one of those guys who's gonna make everybody around me better, no matter whether it's on the field or off the field. I'm gonna try to do my best, just make them the best player in person. So it was kind of expected, but kind of cool at the same time. And so yeah. Nice. Now I've also been told that your grandfather was the first. African-American quarterback at Virginia Tech. Is that also right? 
Yes, sir, it is. That's, that's honestly really cool to hear that. And that you're not a huge fan of college football, but you try to model your game after individual players like Julio Jones. Yes, sir. What, what kind of process is, is that all like? Because I know that, you know, with you being in a hotbed of, of really good football down there uh, with the SEC, with Georgia and, and Alabama and other programs like that, obviously there's a ton of great college football being played every single uh, college football season. So what is it like for you when you get into the mindset of playing football and you're trying to model yourself after individual players like Julio Jones? When you just go and sit down and watch a, a college football game, do you, do you tend to root for just greatness on the field? Or are you just trying to uh, see what kind of uh, – when it comes to guys like Julio Jones when you're watching these games, are you trying to just pick up on little things that you, you can maybe improve with your game too? Yeah, most definitely. I'm, I'm like – whether it's like on visits or whether it's watching NFL games, I'm always paying attention to my position looking at – like how they warm up, especially, and then also just in game. Like, no matter if they're getting the ball or not, if they're just blocking, I'm always paying attention to that little detail because that's what makes a difference. That would separate you away from the pack pretty much in every sport. The details, whether you're on the field or off the field, and just I try to bottom my game up to the best because they're obviously the best. So if I can do what they're doing, I'm gonna have a good shot. So yeah. So what what other wide receivers other than Julio do you uh, do you look at and and you think, wow, I wish I could. Uh, you know, maybe someday I'll be able to 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 be on a field and and be an elite wide receiver like that guy in the NFL. I'm also thinking like Calvin Ridley, JJ is one of my favorite receivers. Um, also, uh, I I used to watch some Randy Mosstone, yeah, Jerry Rice, just guys like those. Just their practices are kind of just crazy. Yeah, you see them without running, especially it's just it's mind blowing, which I like. I like to like just dive in, just the little things like details, opening the hips and stuff. Yeah, like. gotcha, cool man. Have you been able to do a lot of that, like like the whole technical side of football during this whole pandemic? Have you looked into just studying a playbook with your high school or anything along those lines, or are you kind of just trying to stay conditioned and and look forward to the senior season uh, in regards to that aspect? Oh yeah, I'm always definitely watching films. Just even if like our upcoming like season, I'm watching films because like we have um, our schedule out, so I'm looking at the teams that we're playing, just watching their films, watching the DBs, how they react and how they plan. That's what I've been mm-hmm. doing too. Now, a couple last questions here. Do you uh, do you have any traditions or or superstitions or anything before? Before a game, do you have like a certain meal that you always want to eat beforehand? I know that, for example, like uh, Justin Verlander in the MLB, when he was up here in Michigan playing for the Tigers, he would always have Taco Bell the night before his uh his starting pitching. You you have any traditions like that? Uh, not really. Uh, I might like watch like some film uh, before the game, like during like school. Uh, also, like I. Uh, uh, I listen to like the Beatles. I like listening to the Beatles a lot. Oh, nice. I listen to them, and that's that's probably about it. That's cool, man. So when it comes to your official visits, if you're able to take all five of your visits, whether it be August first or you know later on in the season, September, October, where do you think you want to uh, take those visits to? Do you have a, a a list in mind as far as where you'd like to go see? Uh, not yet, but, um, I kind of, I kind of know, like, a few schools, like, 
Michigan, I'll, de- I'll definitely be up there. Notre Dame, um, Georgia, I'll definitely be there. Um, I'm looking at a, trying to like figure out other three schools, but those are some that I'll, I'll definitely be at. Now, when it comes down to you making a decision, well, what kind of things are going to go into the process of you finalizing that decision and then making that commitment? Uh, definitely that home, that home vibe I'm getting. And then also just also academically, I want to make sure it's the right fit for me because um, i got to also have a plan after football. Academics is a big thing in my family. And then also I just want to be competing for a national championship. I should make it. Absolutely. No, I mean, that. why not? If you're being recruited by all these schools, you definitely want to compete at the highest level and hope to get drafted at yeah. some point for sure. So, no, that, that definitely important reasons to, uh, to to play for the best and try and be the best, uh, no, no doubt about it. So are, are you looking to finalize your commitment uh, before, the, before your high school senior season, or are you just going to wait it out and just whenever the, the right moment happens, it just happens? Um, I'm thinking like whenever the right moment happens, it happens. Um, I I think I'm re- gonna release like a top five ish. Um, like pretty soon, like maybe like Ju- Ju- in the July, August ish. Um, so yeah, I- I'm thinking I'm I'm probably gonna make that decision, like commit, probably like either during the season or uh, in December ish. Okay. So I'm at, gotcha. You looking to a sign early as well? Get it all like squared out in December. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, hey, Jaden, I really appreciate your time this afternoon. Thanks so much for joining us on uh, Future Brew here and uh, hope to talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. Hey, welcome back to the show, everybody. Thanks again to Jaden Thomas for spending uh, about 15 minutes of his time uh, interviewing uh, with me. I had a blast uh, having the chance to talk with him. Real good kid. Had a lot of good things to say. So now uh, joining me today uh, to recap uh, a little bit of what Jaden had to say, John Simmons, as always, and our new Maize and Brew contributor, Stephen Asentoski. Boys, how are we doing? Doing well. Doing well. It's a hot day here in southeast Michigan, but uh, besides beating the heat, can't complain. Yeah, pretty hot up here in upstate New York as well. A little bit of a heat wave going on. Yeah, the heat is uh, – it, it's too much. You know, I uh, – I, I, I like the nice warm weather every once in a while, but I can't do this uh, heat and humidity. It's a little gross. But, but Stephen, welcome to the podcast, man. This is your first time on, and uh, we're happy to have you a part of the podcast and happy to have you with Mason Brew as well. So uh, to the listeners that may not have uh, followed your work previously, uh, what are you all about, man? Where'd you come from, and uh, what are you about? Sure. Yeah, no, it's happy to be here. Uh, what am I all about? All right. Last five years, I've been, uh, contributing some videos as a part of the MGO fish team. So started back there working mainly with hype videos. Um, it was a 2015 Michigan, Ohio state hype video that kind of blew up that, uh, got me an opportunity to contribute there. And then it's kind of evolved over time from hype videos to recruit analysis and then kind of X's and O's for different Michigan games had a couple of commitment videos I got to work with, uh, Tariq Black, um, Jalen Kelly-Powell, a couple other guys as well, Jamark Woods. So, so yeah, it kind of has evolved over time. Now I'm a little bit more focused on recruiting and, and some of those uh, game analysis videos. But but yeah, it all, it all started with me 
uh, attending University of Michigan, graduating 2015. Um, strangely enough, I only really got into football post-graduation. I was a little too busy and, uh, you know, that was the Brady Hoke era. So <laughs> my college, uh, college note didn't end at a high one football wise, but, um, but yeah, so I just continued my, uh, my fandom into my post-grad years. And, um, luckily it was provide an opportunity here with Maze and Brew and that's brought me to, uh, to today. So yeah, really excited to be joining the team and, continue to to cover Michigan football where I can. Yeah, and we're and we're absolutely stoked to have you, man. When I found out that that you were coming aboard the Maze and Brew ship, I was uh I was pretty pumped cuz I've I've followed your work in the past and I've always uh admired you from afar. So we're certainly happy to to have you with the team and uh we definitely look forward to uh, working with you uh, in the future as well. So happy to have you on the podcast today. So uh, let's talk a bit about uh, Jaden Thomas. Speaking of him, uh, w- with what he had to say, I, I found a few of his comments uh, pretty interesting, uh, saying that uh, Michigan, Notre Dame, and Georgia have been uh, communicating with him the most during uh, the in-person recruiting shutdown uh, that is still uh, expected to wrap up around August 1st. They haven't extended it yet, but we'll see if that comes to fruition there. And uh, a question that I was uh, really excited to get an answer to, quite honestly, was about his recruitment of football and baseball because he's a standout in both sports. And uh, he said that he has been speaking with uh, one of Michigan's assistant baseball coaches about that, and he has the opportunity to play both football and baseball at U of M, and he also has that opportunity at Georgia Tech and Arkansas. And uh, he had mentioned that. Uh, playing both sports in college is kind of a factor for him, wants to play both, but he will go to the school that is the right fit for him ultimately. And then um, he had also mentioned uh, wanting to take official visits to Michigan, Notre Dame, and Georgia, those three schools communicating with him the most. And uh, he's still looking into two other schools to take those official visits to and uh, plans to put out a top list in the next month or two and hopes to commit either during the season or in December. So I'll start with you, John. Uh, what did you think about uh, all that he had to say? I, I knew that uh, you were pretty interested in this uh, football and baseball uh, angle to his recruitment as well. I found all of that to be pretty interesting. Yeah, I was uh, really curious to hear his answers there. And I found them pretty enlightening, as you did, especially that the, the schools that are recruiting him the most and the ones he wanted to take official visits to and the schools that are pitching him the baseball uh, route as well don't overlap except for Michigan, which I think is a pretty good place for the Wolverines to be in there. Um, I know Arkansas and Georgia Tech have uh, really good baseball programs, especially better than a place like Notre Dame. Um, So it kind of makes sense for them to be pitching their baseball programs too, but I think Michigan kind of offers the best of both worlds there in terms of football and baseball. So I, I like that that pitch is there and that the Michigan uh, baseball coach uh, has been reaching out to him as well because you've seen with cases like Taiwan Malone where there's been a little hesitancy, like the either the football or the baseball team decided not to pitch baseball to him as hard as they do other prospects. So I do think they, they see Thomas as a legitimate baseball option. And, you know, if he can play up the middle, like he says in their middle infield, center field, uh, that would be certainly very helpful. He'd be following in the footsteps of another Michigan football Wolverine 
Joey Velasquez, he plays out in the outfield as well. So I think it would be pretty smart if Michigan really wants to land him to play both sports. I think it would be pretty wise to have a Joey hop on a Zoom call or a FaceTime at some point and talk with Jaden about the opportunity that he has to start for the baseball team and be on scholarship and play football. Uh, so, yeah, I, I found all of this to be pretty interesting, especially, and, and I was going to uh, say this, but in, w- with the whole overlapping of schools that he wants to visit and has been communicating with him the most and it's giving him the opportunity to play baseball, Michigan is the only one that uh, is kind of just at the top of all of that. So uh, it seems to be, it, it, at least to me, it, it seems like Michigan is standing out in his recruitment I would say at least in his top set of schools and that whenever he ends up putting out that top list, whether it be July or August, that Michigan would would probably be on that top list and uh, would probably get an official visit from him during the season. Uh, Steven, what did you have to make of his comments and what stood out to you about uh, what he had to say about all of that? Yeah, I think it was, like you said, there's multiple guys on Michigan's roster that are multi-sport athletes. You mentioned uh, Joey Velasquez, and then in the 2020 class, you also have uh, the standout safety, uh, RJ Moten. So he's a guy who has legit MLB aspirations as well, who will be playing for both sports. So that's two classes that Michigan has examples to really show that they take it seriously, that they're not just using it as a, a way to get ahead in recruiting. And then you also have Gage Garcia, uh, who is a standout uh, wrestler as well so he'll be competing uh, on the wrestling squad and he might actually be a better wrestler than football player um don't tell him i said that but uh, i'm a big wrestling fan so <laughs> so not only is it baseball but you have you know multiple sports um with multiple recruits that michigan's able to um to put that forward with examples so i think that um you know that that speaks that speaks well to michigan's recruiting pitch and then um he, he sounds like a sharp guy as well, Jane Thomas. So um, of those schools, you know, I know Georgia Tech is a really solid school, but Michigan obviously stands out in that regard as well. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting that he, he's a legacy from Georgia Tech, right? Did I hear that right in your uh, interview with him? Yes. Yeah. So his grandfather uh, played uh, football. So, yeah, um, pretty interesting uh, to, to see all of that unfold as well. So we'll see if that has a factor in his recruitment at all. But yeah, I mean, he um, certainly has an opportunity to play there to follow in, in the footsteps. Yeah. So, so that's, I mean, that's really cool. And I, I think obviously Georgia Tech's a, an interesting program that's also pitching in both ways, but um, you know, as John said, I think Michigan offers a ton, not only athletically, but academically and um, you know, a really good football program and a rising baseball program that was the difference for R.J. Moten. We'll see if it's the difference here for Jane Thomas. But, um, you know, things to be things seem to be t- trending in the uh, correct direction there. Yeah, yeah, a- absolutely. Uh, yeah, and that's that's a really good point, too. The, the recruiting angle that the football coaches have been going after, they really enjoy going after those kids that can either play multiple sports or multiple positions as well. I know uh, Jalen Mayfield, he was a standout. Uh, basketball player as well. Ryan Hayes being on the left side of the line, he uh, came into Michigan as a tight end. So they really like these uh, physically gifted and athletic guys that can play multiple positions and multiple sports. They just, they love their athletes over there in Ann Arbor. That's for sure. So uh, so we'll certainly see if if that is a uh, turning point in this recruitment for uh, Jaden Thomas, who is a a four-star wide receiver. So 
would be a pretty good addition to the team. Speaking of additions, let's shift gears here uh, to a more recent commit from Michigan, and that was Quentin Somerville, the four-star defensive end. He locked in his commitment to Michigan over the weekend after a uh, lengthy recruiting battle. Sean Nua finally got his guy. Uh, he is uh, listed as 6'1", 230, out of Scottsdale, Arizona. He's number 150 overall on the 24-7 sports composite, number three player overall in the state of Arizona. All the crystal balls were in on Michigan, so it just seemed like a, uh, a when, not an if scenario here. So, uh, John, I really think this was a standout recruiting job by Sean Nua. He had communicated with Quentin Somerville uh, during his time at Arizona State. And then he went to Michigan, obviously, to take over for the defensive line coaching position, continued to con- uh, communicate with Somerville, and uh, inevitably locked in his guy. This was a really good job on Nua's part. Yeah, I think Nua leveraged his existing relationship with him at Arizona State really well. And, uh, you know, I've been saying on the podcast and writing for a while that it really seemed like Somerville was super high in Michigan. He always had glowing comments. Uh, to say about them and it was always kind of uh, holding back on your excitement level because he was at the time a top 50 top 100 kid and there were going to be a lot of schools after him but eventually uh, Michigan just kept chipping away there Uh, they made his top list and eventually uh, got him to commit which I think he was a silent commit for maybe the past month or so so it wasn't really a surprise for the coaches but it was for the public so he decided even earlier than we thought but I think it's a really good job for Nua, especially because he hasn't Somerville hasn't been on campus since uh, the spring game uh, last year in 2019. So that's been over a year since he's been there. He he flew out like to see the the uh, campus with his family when he announced his commitment. So to be able to keep a connection up with a kid from across the country, with a lot of other schools coming at him, is a really good job by Nua, and I think it speaks to his ability as a cr- recruiter moving forward for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, I, it's kind of weird because his uh, commitment video, it, it had his location on Twitter listed as Ann Arbor, Michigan. So I, I don't know if he drove or flew all the way to Ann Arbor to, to give his commitment, but uh, it would have been pretty interesting if that were the case. I, I don't have confirmation on that, but I just noticed that it said from Ann Arbor, Michigan on that uh, tweet commitment that he put on Twitter on uh, June 20th. So uh, John, I know that you had a, uh, a post on mazenbrew.com kind of breaking down his game. It kind of seems like he's more of a, a pass rushing guy at this point and that he's going to have to improve on his run defending. Is that kind of what you took away from his tape too? Yeah, I think he's a really good pass rusher. Uh, he's got a, he's pretty advanced technically. He uses a lot of different, uh, different pass rush moves. Um, he's got good hand placement, uh, it does a lot of good things well rushing the passer. Um, he's not as long as you'd like. That's kind of what's been the knock on him and why he's dropping in the recruiting rankings is uh, people think he's only around 6'1". He just hasn't developed as a sophomore, his body, as they thought he would. So I think that he'd be better suited at that anchor five-tech role where you're not going against the super long, you know, six, seven, six, eight left tackles um, and, you know, getting the kind of neutralize your lack of length against right tackles and guards, things like that. So I kind of, I slotted him in to that anchor spot, which will uh, require him to probably bulk up a lot more and work on his uh, lower body strength, especially because that's what kind of stood out to me is getting washed by doubles in the game uh, tape I watched. Uh, 
mm-hmm. a, lot, a few times. So I'd like him to get better at that. Um, so he can kind of stand up against the run more because as an anchor, a strong side guy, you're going to be faced with a little more uh, defending the run uh, responsibilities more than as just a pure weak side pass rush guy. Now, Steven, I don't know if you've had the chance to evaluate his tape yet or not, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on him as well. Obviously a highly talented kid. He's a consensus four-star across the board on uh, – 24-7 sports rivals, ESPN, they all got him listed as a four-star. So highly thought of kid, like uh, John had mentioned, originally in the top 50, top 100. Now he's listed at 150. Uh, with those concerns about uh, the height and the length, uh, things along those lines, I, I think if, if there is a senior season to be played, and I know that Arizona has had a spike in coronavirus cases over the last week or so, I really hope that they're able to play a senior season so he can kind of prove to the evaluators that he's worthy of where he was previously because but just based off pass rushing, I, I think he is. I think he does need to really work on that run defending uh, part of his game. But I, I think if he's able to prove himself uh, for one more high school season, that, that he could bump up back into the top 100. So, Stephen, what are your thoughts on his game? And what do you think about this addition to Michigan's 2021 class? Yeah, I think it's a really safe get, a really high floor prospect who has a ton of established technique and moves. Um, There was a a camp footage where he had three straight uh, wins in one-on-one drills where he displayed three different pass rush moves. So he's really adept. He looks very comfortable rushing the passer. I actually did like his gap discipline in the run game. I I agree that he's probably ahead of um, his pass rush with his, or I'm sorry, he's ahead of the game right now with his pass rush compared to his uh, his run uh, defense right now. But uh, overall, I was impressed. Um, he's a guy I hope can really bulk up. I actually think if he can get to the interior, that technique uh, will suit him really well. Although given his pass rush, I, you know, I understand if, if his ceiling is 250, 260 or so, um, you know, the inside isn't really going or the outside isn't really um Yes, I will be where he ends up. So given his length right now, I've seen 6'1". I've also seen 6'3". So there's a little bit of question there, but that ceiling is capped on the outside if that's, you know, he doesn't have the longest arms there. So if he can bulk up maybe to be like a, you know, I'm not saying he's Mohurst, but that's, that's you know, the ultimate goal. Mohurst was only 6'1", uh, but he was 290. So that's that's a long way to go. But with the technique, uh, Somerville is a guy who would be an earlier contributor uh, on the outside. Um, I love his offer list. You know, even at a higher four star, he's got the uh, Georgia, LSU, OSU, uh, Utah. I always like the Utah offer for um, yeah. for for defensive linemen. And my favorite to see on his list is Stanford and Vanderbilt. So obviously, he's a high academic guy to get a Stanford offer. And that even raises his floor a little bit more. There won't be concerns in the classroom at all. So, yeah, just going going back, just high floor guy. I'm really excited. Um, there's a lot more projection just based on his size to see where he'll actually end up. I know Michigan was pitching him as kind of that Chase Winovich type. Um, so, so we'll see. Um, but I don't think it, it'll be anywhere – bad where he ends up he'll be really good a multi-year starter i think i think his ceiling just given his frame would be on the inside 
if his frame could get there, like a three tech uh, would be where I would love to see him in a couple of years if he could get his weight up. Yeah, that would that would be really interesting to see all of that unfold, especially given uh, they're going after a few other interior defensive line prospects in this class, George Rooks and Rayshon Benny, both four-star guys, Benny being the in-state guy. Uh, so yeah, it, it certainly would be interesting to see all of that unfold. And really the biggest mystery of this 2021 class for Michigan is Quentin Somerville's height. It has been widely debated among all of the recruiting boards. How tall is he? Is he 6'1"? Is he 6'3"? Uh, no one really knows at this point. So, uh, again, hopefully there's uh, like an All-American game that can be played to where they actually measure him and people can stop freaking out about whether he's 6'1 or 6'3 because at the end of the day, he's a good prospect. It, it doesn't matter officially where he is at height-wise. Uh, I, I think I think he's, he's destined to be a pretty good a defensive lineman at Michigan regardless. So uh, Michigan's got uh, him, TJ Guy, and uh, Dominic Giadice, as well as Kishon Bennett as a defensive lineman committed in this 2021 class. They now sit at number seven overall with the uh, composite ranking. They've got 18 commits in this class now. So the uh, class is starting to fill up here um, with those two defensive linemen out there that I had mentioned uh, that are is, still have crystal balls to Michigan. So that would put the class uh, at 20 and they'd have a ton of defensive linemen in this class. Uh, if that were uh, to actually unfold, but we'll certainly see how the rest of this class unfolds. And John, I would imagine that with the, with the way that Michigan is kind of going with recruiting at this point, it, it, it seems like they're holding out hope for Donovan Edwards obviously holding out hope for Rocco Spindler. I mean, this this could end up being a really, really big class by the time it's all said and done. Uh, yeah, I've seen numbers, uh, people say around 25, 26 right now. Um, but that's always, you know, it kind of, Michigan classes tend to expand more later in the cycle. They end up being bigger than everyone thinks. Um, and it kind of just depends on how they close out on their top targets. They, they've filled up their position, some positions enough where, it's just kind of they're going after one top target now, and if they get him, they'll make the numbers work. Like Spindler on the offensive line, uh, Dallas Turner at defensive end, Nolan Rucci at tackle as well. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, if these guys all end up wanting to come to Michigan, then they're going to have to make room somehow. Uh, so I could see that it being end up end up being bigger if things go their way. Um, they're going to have to start being selective of kids uh, moving forward, and, and I think they've, they've played that space role. Uh, to help land kids, uh, you know, like Jaden Hood, just talk about how the linebacker room's filling up so they can kind of get kids to take their spots now when they have still have the opportunity. So, uh, yeah, I could see 25 on the low end and, you know, the upper edges of the 20s, uh, you know, depending on how some dominoes fall to to reach what mm-hmm. this class will be, which is pretty much on par for what a class under Harbaugh looks like. I think 2018 is really the only – smallish class that he's taken a lot of them have been built more on uh quantity uh that helps them get in the, the higher rankings for sure yeah yeah 2018 was definitely the odd one out but yeah i mean they've got crystal balls for edwards they've got crystal balls for spindler um uh, drew kendall obviously has been a long time target along the offensive line benny and rooks i already mentioned christian dixon another wide receiver out in california so yeah i mean the the class it's really starting to fill up. 
I, I could see this class being all said and done, um, you know, b- before the college football season even ends. It, it's just been a really weird cycle for all of this, um, you know, with kids not being able to take summer visits and things along those lines. So I certainly wouldn't be shocked to see all of that unfold. But, uh, yeah, it could, could be a, a really big class, but a really good class for Michigan, too. So we will certainly see how all of this plays out. But, uh Boys, I really appreciate you hopping on the pod. And, Stephen, uh, I really appreciate you joining as well. Uh, definitely happy to have you on. And uh, we hope to have you back on soon. So uh, that, that's it for today. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where are you at on Twitter? At Simmons underscore John. And, Stephen, where are you at on the Twitter sphere, my friend? I am at Stephen Toski. That's Stephen with a PH. And Toski is T-O-S-K-I. With a PH. I love it, man. It. Follow Maze and Brew on Twitter at Maze and Brew and give us a like on Facebook and on Instagram. Be sure to rate all of our podcasts here on the Maze and Brew Podcast Network. Uh, that is it. Until next week, we will be back with some more recruiting news. Uh, we are expecting a, a commitment of some sort from Garrett Dellinger, the uh, in state offensive lineman. Uh, he's down uh, to his top four of Michigan, Ohio State, LSU. And uh, I believe Penn State was the last one there. So uh, it should be interesting. All the crystal balls are on LSU, but uh, we will uh, give you guys the news of that next week, regardless of if if he picks Michigan or not. So uh, until next week, uh, he is John, he is Steven, and I am Vaughn. Uh, Go Blue. Go Blue.